This is Crafting the Short Story with your host, author and editor, Darren Todd of DarrenTodd.net. Now, let's explore the agony and the ecstasy, the magic and the mechanics of short fiction. Hello and welcome to episode 15. This week we're going to be talking about simultaneous action, two things happening at once, versus sequential action, one thing happening after another, and how those two are different and handled differently in your writing and what the implications are. So specifically, we're going to talk about this through use of the present participle. So that's verbs ending in ing, walking, riding, biking, etc. Apparently, some have issue with putting this at the beginning. That's not really one of my habits writing-wise, so I'm not quite as used to it. But that would be something along the lines of taking a long drag off his cigarette, he smiled his thanks. The issue is that he can't do both at the same time. Or at least, if he could, it would still play out as rather odd for the reader, giving them the sort of pause you want to avoid when they're reading. Or, much worse in my opinion, but hopefully also more obvious in doing your edits, is doing so when one action isn't really close to the other. So, smoking a cigarette, taking a long drag, and smiling are pretty close. One can immediately follow the other, or, or they don't tend to blend together quite as much. But let's say, another example, hiking the trail, he camped for the night at sunset. So you can see the issue that present participle hiking, he is doing this thing, and then he can't for the night, he can't do both at the same time. And those are even more separated than smiling and taking a drag on a cigarette. And I believe that this is a sub, would, would for the reader, and perhaps even for the editor, be an issue that would only present itself in the subconscious of the reader. And I think there are several things like that, like small POV shifts, uh, Sol Stein mentioned this uh, very well in his book on writing, talking about how someone might not be able to say, oh, well, what's wrong with this is uh, you know, a double negative or a run-on sentence or any of those things. It doesn't stand out like that, but it still pings the subconscious because the reader is saying, well, this, I'm not sure why I don't like this sentence. Well, it's probably some subtle thing like this. And yet still, for an editor of a mag, let's say, reading it, whether they are immediately alerting on it or not, it's those small snags and those small hiccups and little subconscious pings that say, hmm, I don't really like this, even if I'm not you know, entirely sure why, that will, of course, get a work rejected as quickly as anything else. Because I mean, the editor, as I've said before, is, is looking for a reason to reject your work, especially with short stories where it's... A publication house, a small press house may be getting, you know, a few dozen queries and sample chapters. And yes, there's tons to read, certainly. But you're talking about a, a publication that publishes short stories, and you could be talking about a couple thousand in a month. So most certainly, they're looking for any tiny thing to reject the work. So we've all used present participle to attach a clause at the end of the sentence. He smiled his thanks, taking a long drag off his cigarette. My work is rife with these. They're all over the place. But as I've discovered, and this is probably, 
I have seen this be alerted on much more by editors just in the last couple of years that this is technically incorrect. Present participle implies that simultaneous action, not the subsequent action. He smiled, then he took a drag. It, it, it does not mean that. Nope. For that, you need a new methodology. And what seems to be coming about in response to this issue takes place of one and two ways, primarily of what I've seen. The first is just to forego the present participle and keep it in the past. So, for example, that would be, he smiled his thanks and took a long drag off his cigarette. When we read and, it can work both ways. You can think simultaneous, but you can also think sequential, like you're listing off the things the guy is doing. Uh, so he did this, and then he did this, and he did this. And you don't have to put and then. You can just put and, and it is read as sequential, uh, even though it can also mean simultaneous. And that actually, you know, sometimes can be determined based on comma placement as well. Um, typically, of course, you're going, to, you're going to separate two independent clauses that are uh, joined by a conjunction and with a comma and, and then you begin your second independent clause. And that's a, a quick visual way of being like, oh yes, that's, that, that's one of the ands that needs a comma most do, I would argue. Whereas if you're, if you're sort of listing things off, you're not going to have that. Um, so that could probably be an indicator of, of when it's being used for a simultaneous action as well. And then the second methodology to deal with this present participle usage is just to begin a new sentence. And just remember, many times the present participle is used because of action, or often also someone wanting to avoid using he a zillion times. He did this, he did that, but action means faster reading too, which makes longer sentences more cumbersome and even slows the reader down. So shorter rat-a-tat sentences may be the best bet, both for the action and for avoiding this conundrum. could probably do an entire podcast based on what could be done instead of saying he, he, he over and over. But I think that, first of all, there are actually programs out there that will detect this. If you've started a sentence with the same word uh, and, and those sentences come one after another, uh, there are things that will highlight that. And, and then you might read it and say, oh, wow, yeah, I did use he four times in a row in that paragraph. And, you know, absent the element of intention, it can be done intentionally and be just fine. But, you know, maybe one of them needs, does need to be changed. Thirdly, starting with that present participle verb and a subjunctive clause is a way to do it. But you just need to be aware that it's going to be taken as a simultaneous action, which doesn't necessarily limit. It does limit, obviously, but it doesn't mean it can't be used. Taking a long drag off his cigarette he thought about the laundry list of items he had to accomplish that day. Perfectly fine, because you can take a long drag and think. You can take a long drag and look. A bad idea, a bad response to this, I believe, is using as instead of the participle. Um, this is largely the same. It still implies simultaneous action. He smiled his thanks as he took a long drag off his cigarette. This might avoid some scrutiny from editors whose eyes have grown laser-focused to detect present participle, but it's essentially the same issue, and it also grows tiresome for me even faster than the use of participles. 
So as with many things in fiction, particularly short fiction, where the sentences do indeed matter much more than a work that is 90,000 words and therefore far more forgiving, it's just a matter of being aware of this and aware that this is, I would not call this the cause celeb of editors nowadays, but it has become a more noticeable pet peeve in my experience. Showing up on message boards or some of the freelance editing I do, hearing about that, or seeing that in the list of rules in a style sheet uh, for a particular place, for instance, as well as writing blogs. Several blogs will also talk about this. But I would probably regard this as something that if you just have it in the back of your head while you're writing, you're probably going to be just fine. It's when you are doing your rewriting, when you're doing this close reading, that you need to think about whether this is something that is, that is happening sequentially or simultaneously, and then fix it. And it will take a minimum amount of effort. I think probably the biggest thing is honing the ability to detect it. Because once detected, it's easily fixed. It's simply not something, however, that an editor is going to fix for you, necessarily speaking, or that if it slides through, won't, in that mild subconscious way, still bother your reader. So it is well worth that extra bit of time to understand what part these present participles might be playing in your work, sniffing them out, and making sure that, indeed, that is what you intended and what belongs there and what works best. That's all for this week. Thanks for tuning in. Check back next week. Look us up on iTunes. Subscribe, comment, rate. We'll see you again next time. This has been Crafting the Short Story with Darren Todd. Visit Darren online at darrentodd.net.